Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you? This is Monday. It feels it? like Monday. I was just going to say that exact thing. This Somebody feels was like playing Monday. hooky yesterday. Where were you yesterday? Uh, I won't tell them. When people were looking for you. <laughs> well, so Chris did a good job yesterday. Did you watch the show? He did a great oh, yeah, job I'm yesterday. I'm worried. I was I'm worried too. about my job. I know. <laughs> He's going to say, I already read on there. He needs to have his own program. He'll get all the riches and the glory, right? <laughs> yeah. He's going to take our pay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he'll be so rich. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I've decided. I'm going to go work for a, uh, a uh, pharmaceutical company. Good. Uh, did, did you hear that? We're going to be talking about this a little later. But, but those companies make make a lot more money per second than we do in a year. But you hear, I know. But we're in the wrong no. business. And today we're going to follow up on so many things that we've done. Uh, certainly we'll be talking about uh, vaccines again and uh, what uh, Biden is doing. And um, also, also um, what the FBI whistleblower uh, has revealed about yeah. what Biden is doing. And uh, this has to do with, uh, when this came out, we know a lot more about it now. This, this came out when we heard that there was a collusion with the FBI and the president because they couldn't stand the idea that parents had a right to have a say about their kids' education, and they expressed it at a meeting which was supposed to bring those kind of ideas out. So, no, and, and then the, they wanted to turn that into a terror. They wanted to turn people who go to those meetings and actually express themselves as domestic terrorists. So that is, uh, that is something. So we have that, and there's some other things we'll be, be talking about. But you know, there's a new story right now, yeah. not a new story, Big but, story. A, but yeah. a, new, uh, a, a, a new happening to it, and it has to do with Rittenhouse. Yeah. And uh, you know, I don't know how long that's been going on. I guess that's happened two years ago, and this case has been going on. I really, it's, it's the kind of thing I get bored with, and you know, I hate the going back and forth. And, yeah. But it's, it's finally gotten my attention, you know, and looking at this. And, and then today, uh, boy, this is, this is uh, I, I think, big news. Uh, uh, all of a sudden, at the end, they're already debating the trial. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they have new information that the prosecutors did not reveal the information that they, by law, was obligated to give to the defense. Yeah. Can you imagine the prosecutors <laughs> not acting in good faith? Yeah. You know, I'm cynical because I think that's what they deserve because it's happened so often. That doesn't mean there aren't some good people there and good attorneys and a few good people in law enforcement, but law enforcement, you know, in the judicial system is a, is a real, real mess. So in, in this case, they gave the uh, they gave information to the defense, which was imperfect. Uh, it was, uh, you, you know, a, a filming from drones, and it was uh, the bad copy. Yeah, you know, yeah. It wasn't well processed. So the defense was at, hand, you know, at a, at a handicap from this. But, you know, it just seems so late. They're down there. They could have come out today and had a verdict. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're filing for a mistrial. Yeah. And uh, they've threatened all along. But, you know, this trial really has... Uh, you know, gotten a lot of criticism, especially the prosecutor. This seems 
to be so bad that, you know, even early on when the prosecutor messed up, they suggested, it almost, it almost looks like he might want a mistrial. Yeah, or something. Yeah, they when said I that. looked at yeah. this, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think it takes a genius to figure out uh, that this, this was blatant, and then it became available, and then, they, then the judge got to take a look at it, and uh, it'll be interesting uh, to see how he handles this and whether we do hear a verdict. <laughs> yeah, we'll look up prosecutorial misconduct someday in the dictionary, and it'll be a picture. Yeah. But you know, the other thing that we're not going to talk about, I guess we talk about what we're not going to talk about, but it is a big story and we've had some, uh, some viewers uh, write in uh, admonishing us for not covering it sufficiently and they're probably right. We, we can only do so much, but that is the uh, OSHA mandate and how the Fifth Circuit issued a full stay. Uh, the, the rationale, the, the finding that they had was very, very uh, well thought out and now it's been because of a lottery, the appeal goes to the Sixth Circuit uh, to appeal the Fifth Circuit Court's decision on it. It is a huge, huge issue. We're continuing to watch it and we're going to cover it the best we can, uh, hopefully sometime this week. But we're definitely following it, so don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> right. And um, I want to follow up a little bit more. I mentioned about the whistleblower reveals Biden DOG activated this yeah. counter, counterterrorism. It's a big uh, deal. Because that can go that can get out of hand and uh, it's it's so so different than uh, you know having a justice system that is supposed to function a little bit smoother than that yeah yeah well you know this all started back in early october when the school board <coughs> this association of school boards sent a letter to the attorney general saying hey can you please start investigating these parents they're coming to the school board meetings and they're upset that we're teaching critical race theory and we're giving the kids pornography can you please classify these parents as terrorists and start investigating them and so uh, the attorney general Merrick Garland sent out a memo to the FBI saying start looking into this well the backlash was so huge that not only did he was he hauled before Congress to talk about it uh, but the school board association was forced to send a, an apology letter to all Americans basically right. saying we were totally wrong, it was a huge mess up. But the issue we're talking about today was when Garland was before Congress, he was asked very specifically, did you target parents as potential terrorist threats against schools and school boards? Uh, is there any evidence of violence, et cetera, et cetera? There was none given and he swore he did not target. Well, the whistleblower has come forth and said, well, guess what? Here's the smoking gun. You actually did target parents. And I think the evidence is there, unless it's been printed, whether it's totally proven, but I think the president was well informed about what was happening there. So it, um, it, it is something that I think represents where we are on uh, the judicial system uh, and the political system. So we'll, we'll find out eventually because there will be appeals there. Well, this will probably get settled Maybe what, in all the way to the Supreme Court then? It could be. Well, the question is, is did Merrick Garland lie before Congress when he said there were no... Because essentially what it was is they put a tag on these investigations, a, a code word that they used to suggest that these parents might be domestic terrorists. Uh, and so the question is, um, this tag, he said there was no tag, and if there was a tag, A, was he incompetent and he didn't know what his own uh, agency was doing, or B, was he willfully lying before Congress? Either way, he's in pretty hot water. He's been in pretty hot water all along, 
The question is, is he incompetent? Is he a liar? All of the above. But it's a pretty, it's a pretty big issue. The Republicans, uh, the, the, the Justice, uh, Justice Committee in the, in, the, uh, in the Congress, Jim Jordan, I think, is the ranking member. <clears throat> he sent a letter over uh, with the evidence provided by the whistleblower demanding a clarification from the Attorney General's office. And so it is a pretty important thing, I think. Uh, right. I want to t talk a little bit about uh, the Biden plans. Uh, for <laughs> you know, I thought we were going to get over this thing. Things were moving in our direction. But how many vaccines do you need? Yeah. You know, the evidence is so overwhelming. You know, again, even Bill Gates seems to be protecting himself. Yeah. You know about. Well, maybe maybe we will overstate it. Maybe it really doesn't prevent uh, yeah. disease from happening. That's what he said. So, but but uh, there's still a lot of pressure. Biden administration plans an eminent booster expansion to all adults, and that what that means is we don't care if you're better immune from natural. Uh, infections and natural immunity than all those shots you, you've ever taken that is irrelevant. The only thing that is relevant is can you prove you have been vaccinated by the government approved vaccinations? And uh, that uh, I would say have, they've have well stepped over the <coughs> over the boundaries on this. And, and that's why, as you mentioned, a lot of people are getting getting pretty annoyed with this. And uh, but they uh, this is in spite of uh, more and more evidence of failures. Yeah. I mean, it keeps showing how it's failure. And then I thought it was really amazing about uh, Bill Gates yeah. you know, coming out. With Although that. they fact check it and said that's taken out of context, right? <laughs> yeah, but the fact is, it is undeniable. Even the experts, we talk about this, you know, till we're blue in the face. These shots have not performed as they claim. That's yeah. objectively true. Even Walensky, even uh, even as you say, Bill Gates, they say it does not prevent transmission. It does not prevent infection. Therefore, they don't do what vaccines are supposed to do. And now we're we're saying that the protection that they provide wanes significantly over time, like waning by 90-some percent, and that's a big issue. But let's go to that second clip because this is what we're talking about. Regardless of the absolute terrible performance, at least according to what was promised, regardless of the terrible performance, Dr. Paul, they're going to give you a third shot. They're going to demand that you get a third shot of the same thing that didn't work the first two times. Biden administration plans imminent booster expansion. So the question is, what kind of hesitancy are we going to see, Dr. Paul, among people who said, okay, you know, like Jordan Peterson was quoted over the weekend, you know, he said, I'm going to get this shot because I just want you to leave me the blank alone. Well, guess what? They don't leave you alone when you acquiesce to their totalitarian instincts, right? And so now everyone that went along with and got their two shots, now Biden's saying, you're not vaccinated, you can't do anything. But there, there's a message out that uh, somebody will come to the rescue because there's a little bit of confusion here on which, what is good, what is bad, how many should you have? Should we have five or six or should we do them monthly or, yeah. you know, it, it just goes on and on. And yet I thought there would be eventually, especially when it was starting to be discovered, that this stuff really isn't working very well. Yeah. And the people are starting to rebel. But they're turned down. So they have to go to somebody that can sort it all out to get rid of all the confusion and there's a guy named Fauci oh. so uh, he 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 said he he can do that he can straighten oh, right. up he says I believe it's extremely important for people to get boosters uh, <laughs> and I am hoping very soon we will see a situation where there won't be any confusion about who should who should not get booster in my opinion 
uh, boosters are ultimately going to become part of the standard regime and not just a bonus. <laughs> so should everybody rest? Have they done a, a detailed investigation whether a third shot of the same stuff that didn't work the first two times will work the third time, you know? <laughs> and, and nobody's claiming that. Does that also go down in two months? <laughs> and they keep doing it. They keep doing it. Uh, but, you know, fortunately more people are asking questions, but not enough. <laughs> well, we have a few questions that should be asked, and let's put up this next clip. This is from the Wall Street Journal. And remember, they say that breakthrough cases are extremely rare. Extremely rare. Let's look, put up this next clip. Wall Street Journal. The Ottawa Senators, that's a National Hockey League team, the Ottawa Senators have a 100% vaccination rate, but 40% of the team has tested positive for COVID. That is not a rare case of breakthrough, right? right? That's not a rare case of breakthrough. And look at the vax mandates. Let's look at the next one. This is, uh, someone posted this on Twitter. These are very important. This next one is... Uh, it reads, almost every single country implementing a vaccine passport has subsequently seen huge spikes in cases. These are completely counterproductive. Look at Ireland and the Netherlands. The, the gold line is the level of vaccination, and then the other line is the increase in COVID pace, uh, patients after vaccine passports were put in. It's done nothing to change the trajectory. Let's look at the Netherlands. Another case is the next one, Netherlands, vaccine passports, you can see there on the far right, and the cases, the daily new cases have exploded. So what do they do when it's not working? Let's look at that next one, Dr. Paul, on this. Uh, this is new, just out of Ireland. Ireland reimposes COVID-19 restrictions, including a midnight curfew, but 93% of the adult population are fully vaccinated. What does this tell to the average person who can put two and two together? You'd think they'd wake up when, <laughs> you know, uh, there's, there's been reports, and this is something that has not been decided exactly what it means, but it worries me because I think I know what it means. Uh, at least I have a strong suspicion. And this, this article says worldwide searched uh, trend for, you know, how a trend has died suddenly. And all of a sudden, it's boosting like crazy, and uh, but there's no no answer to it. But we do know that early on and even recently that um, you, you know death certificates and everything else can be fudged to uh, present a political position rather than a medical position. This thing to me was pretty amazing that came out of Italy when they found out that 97% of the people who had, uh, maybe they were elderly, I don't know the, their ages, 97% of them uh, did not die, they, they said died of, of COVID, uh, they died with it, they were positive, but they also described what other kind of problems they have. So that, but this one says, this is new, these are spikes. So, uh, and one thing is, is we see the spikes in cases in spite of all those vaccinations. And yet uh, we get dumbfounded, even though we're, we're pretty immune to being shocked by this stuff. But they, uh, they say, you know, in spite of it all, you know, uh, we, have to, we have to follow the rules. Matter of fact, they're threatened, they're intimidated, they're, uh, uh, they could lose their jobs and everything else. It's a terrible situation. Or they can be called uh, vigilantes, they can be called terrorists, and they can lose their jobs if you do not obey. And that's it. This is all about obedience to the state. As much as they try to suppress the idea that there may be vaccine injuries, 
there are indications that people are increasingly concerned. And this is a great one. Let's look at that next clip. This is from Zero Hedge. And it talks about all of a sudden there's a massive increase in Google searches for the term died suddenly. And here's what uh, Zero Hedge writes. We can't help but notice one Google search trend that has erupted worldwide. The search term died suddenly has spiked to an all-time high in the last two months with data going back to 2004. All of a sudden, people are searching everywhere. And I didn't clip this, but the headlines are there. Head teacher leads tributes to popular Lancashire 12-year-old who died suddenly. A truly gentle soul, tribute to a student, Adam Ali, 17, after sudden death, over and over. Again, this is anecdotal. We don't know if it has anything to do with the shots. But the only thing that we're reporting is that people are starting to become concerned and are looking into it. Yes, and what they're doing uh, is ignoring some facts that we do know about, and that is the vulnerability of kids. You know, and yet they, there was a headline today, I saw it, there was great excitement, and they should celebrate that we have just vaccinated umpteen number of kids, and 80, 90% of the kids in this community were all inoculated, and, it, and they turn it into a celebration, and the effects it has on me, probably you too, is they're celebrating something that we see possibly dangerous, and then we have a Bill Gates that yeah. admits this, this, this stuff probably doesn't work all that well. Yeah. So we have well, uh, our next to last one. Yeah, is, is this one? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, this this one. Uh, I think I alluded to this in the opening because it was so astounding, and that has to do with uh, our future job. Because uh, I, I shouldn't be cynical, because somebody might believe me. Yeah. I think well, I can tell yeah. you, you when I get out of hand. You say. He's not serious. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, Pfizer, BioNTech, Moderna, making one thousand dollar profit every, not every year, mm. not every month, mm. not every day, oh. not every hour. This has to be a typo. Yeah. Every second. Every second. That's a, that's a lot of money. And you know, the other thing is, is uh, uh, they people. People say that, uh, you, you know, you can't sue somebody for not having it because they don't have to pay for this. They get it for free, so, so this is not a legal transaction. That's, that's true. They themselves don't do it. So all this vaccine, the, the distribution, supply and demand didn't have anything to do with this distribution. Had to be had to do with the supply and demand of printed money and who could put their hand on it and get it from the government. And uh, I guess we know some of the people who ended up getting it and became very wealthy over it. And they're still in this business and they've been in this business for a long time. Uh, so. I would think as the years go on, it was difficult even when I practiced medicine, trying to figure out exactly what was going on with new drugs. And, and for the most part, uh, I felt much safer uh, sticking with some of the old traditional drugs unless I knew somebody really well who has yeah. done, you know, that were involved with the research. But that uh, that is a... Uh, that is something that's been happening. It's an example of corporatism. It's an example, really, uh, as it continues, as a fascist type of approach. And uh, it's, it's not the practice of a medicine. It ruins the doctor-patient relationship. And it's done by political edicts. And, uh, and they're the ones who make the decision. And sometimes they're not elected official. I mean, maybe most of the time, the big decision. I don't think uh, Fauci is up for election this year, is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he but, but he's going to get his check. <laughs> well, this study was done by the People's Vaccine Alliance. And it's not a bunch of anti-vaxxers. On the contrary, it's an organization that wants to expand vaccine 
availability to people. So they basically don't, they're, they're not in the camp of, but what they're reporting, and as you mentioned, zero liability for the companies that make this, these shots, zero. So it takes away all the risks, it socializes all the risks, but this is what they say. This alliance estimated, estimates that these three companies will make pre-tax profits of $1,000 a second, $65,000 a minute, or $93.5 million a day in pure profit that these companies make. And, and you know, sometimes they even bring up the subject that a lot of times they don't have to pay a lot of taxes. They have, yeah. <laughs> have an ability to be able to manipulate the system. But I don't condemn, come down on condemnation that in a blanket fashion. If you, if for people who honestly earned money, you know, it doesn't bother me yeah. if uh, they were able to uh, reduce their tax load. But that's, but this is not a tax load. This is money. Morally, I consider this theft. You know, when they take it from people, tell them that we're going to give you something for free, and they're and they're really making the people very poor because the cost comes up. People do not understand. Uh, they have a blind eye to the fact that if they don't like prices going up, they have to look into the system of deficit financing and believing the government, all these promises and all the Mickey Mouse stuff about the need for us to be in the hot spots of the world when we contribute so much to the hot spots in the world. Yeah. And uh, I've mentioned it quite a few times in the last few weeks. The hot spots are becoming more numerous. And, and you know, it's, you'd think... Maybe, well, they said, Biden, he's on your side. He's brought all those troops home from Afghanistan. But probably he sent them to some other place. Yeah. He sent them to the Black Sea and annoy Russians and, <laughs> and all this. So, so we, they haven't, uh, you know, uh, suggested that they're moving in the direction of a non-interventionist foreign policy or a non-interventionist medical policy. Yeah. So it's always big government regulations, profits, and corporatism. That's right. Well, let's, if, if you're ready to move on, let's yes. move on to something very positive and very exciting because we've had some bad news today. And that is uh, something that I was teasing about a couple of months ago, but it is finally here. And I'm going to hold it up, Dr. Paul. This is Ron Paul's new mini book. Uh, you know, he's come out with a few of these. His finger is always on the pulse of what's happening. This one is called COVID, Wokeism, and the Cultural Marxist Threat. Making Sense of Current Political Idiocies. This, I edited this book, so I know every word that's in it. This is absolutely tremendous book. Uh, and as we've done in the past, we're offering it as a premium to those that will support the Ron Paul Institute with a tax-deductible donation. Uh, those who make a donation of $50 or more will get a copy of this book. And those that make a donation of $100 or more We'll get a copy, I'm sorry Dr. Paul to say this, hand signed by Ron Paul. You gotta go back to the sweatshop <laughs> and sign. But let's talk a little bit about this booklet because I think it's, it's at the perfect time it's come out and it talks about everything that we face and it ties everything together uh, with the wokeism, the cultural Marxism, the COVID tyranny. Yeah, and, and you know, in, in doing this, uh, I've had some thoughts that were supposedly important to me, but they became clearer in, uh, because people kept asking me, why do they do this? You know, why, why, why will business people do what they do? Why does the businessman, let's say the owner of a baseball team, why does he, uh, you know, capitulate 
and, and make sure that the stadiums are empty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why are they so political? And I get into this whole fact of a collusion between big business and the Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve has a lot of control over big corporations. They can help them or they can hurt them. So they do what they're told. And if they have to vaccinate and, and come across with these irrational uh, ideas of everybody's going to be vaccinated and all this, uh, they, they do it because there's a lot, a tremendous amount of pressure on them. But the other thing that uh, that I, I tr tr tried to come to grips with, especially myself, and that is, uh, you, you know, the principle of nihilism yeah. and the principle of seeking truth. And I was introduced to some of these things when uh, I was reading and studying uh, Goethe and, uh -huh. and Faust, you know, back in the old days. And it, it comes to light uh, in understanding this because I still ask the question that I think I have a partial answer to. So everybody's asking, why, why, why are they doing this? It's so stupid. They'll do things that hurts themselves. Yeah. But if you look at Marxism and the principles of Marxism, I think I make a statement in there, the Marxism ideas uh, today are very similar to the ideas of Marx. Yeah. You know, even though it's been up and down and authoritarianism, that is it. So the ideas of Marxism actually existed before Marx. So they, uh, they, uh, they, could, they can continue to do this, but uh, it boils down to why do they do it? And a nihilist, you have to understand, a nihilist has no sense of shame. They have no conscience. And when I look at the politicians up there, how many, how many times have you seen a politician say, you know, I was mistaken, I was misled. <laughs> and uh, I voted for that war, and that war was a disaster, it was wrong, and they lied to me. Yeah. How often does that happen? We only, have a, <laughs> we only have a very few, but we have a few people that believe that. But basically, you're, you become a hero. We had a president as he moved into office. He said, you know, the most important thing to be a great president, you have to have a war, yeah. <laughs> be a conqueror. So. That's a little bit of the story. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting is you go into some dark figures who are lurking in the shadows in this. You talk a little bit about Larry Fink uh, uh, in the book, and that's yeah, fascinating. Yeah, that is part of that Federal Reserve control yeah, yeah. of the business community. Larry Fink was uh, really, uh, he brought that to my attention by our former friend, you know, our friend that's passed away, Bob Wenzel, yeah. and he pointed this out, and it was a book written by this, and uh, Fink, Fink manages more money than any other one individual and it's approaching when i started watching what he was doing it was like six trillion dollars he's managing the funds which means he can buy and sell and maneuver and uh, now it's closer to 10 trillion dollars and he's in charge of distributing when when the federal reserve decides to distribute five billion trillion dollars he's involved in the buying and the selling on these bonds so he can make or break these companies just hand so that's why they're obedient it just happens that he's in this financial position and his personal belief he's a he, he's a radical environmentalist, uh, weather weather guy, you know, climate changer. Yeah. So that that gets worked into it. But he he can get people to do pretty much what they want because he can manipulate their prices. He can close them down, and that's why big companies will roll over. And one thing when I read more about uh, I Fink was that you know what. He qualifies to have have a pretty high position in the deep state. Yeah, in the deep state. <laughs> well, let's put on this last clip because I'll tell everyone how they can make your donation and get a copy of this great new mini book. This is the Ron Paul Institute website, ronpaulinstitute.org. 
Just click that button, you'll see there toward the right on the top called support. You can make your donation on a secure page there. Uh, you can make it online or you can send a check. Uh, there'll be an address there to click on. Uh, this is a limited time offer and it's also a limited printing of, of Dr. Paul's new book. Let's have a, a look at it again. Here is the cover. It's a great book and it literally, unlike most things, it lives up to its title because you really do make sense of the current <laughs> idiocies. Because I was wondering, when I, before I read this, why are these corporations going woke? It doesn't make any sense. You really explain it in here in a way that makes perfect sense. So you're going to want to have this book. It's a limited time offer. You're going to want to give copies of a signed book. We'll get it out to you by Christmas uh, if you act very soon uh, and get this out. So again, making sense of current political idiocies, Ron Paul's new mini book. You're going to love it. Very good. Over thank to you, you, Dr. Paul. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. And I want to thank our viewers, of course, for the support that we get because we feel very sincere and dedicated to being on the side of seeking truth because that's the opposite of nihilism because nihilism claims there is no objective way of knowing that truth even exists. I mean, it just doesn't exist. They're nihilistic and, uh, and, they, and they live. And I have one statement in there. I thought, you know, if you're a nihilist and you don't believe in anything, it's an awful boring way to go through life. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's important. So, but, you, you know, it's not all or nothing nihilism and all or nothing of seeking truth. There's a, a lot of mixtures. But I think, I'm convinced, and that's why I'm an optimist, that the people I know and have bumped into, most of them have a majority sense in their, within them, most of themselves that they want to seek the truth and know truth. And I think that's the way it's been with America for a long time. And that the nihilists who don't care, they don't care if everybody's starving in the streets. And in this, the chaos that we've had for the past two years, this is, this is a result of policy. Why do they do it? Well, they do it on purpose. So every time there's chaos, I tell myself, well, it doesn't make any sense unless they really wanted it. In that, say, in that way, they're pretty successful. And I've always complained, why aren't we more successful with our message? Because our message is so much better. It's, uh, it's, it's based morally on the seeking of truth. And it's based on the fact that you own your own life and that people don't have a right to tell other people what to do with it. And we have no right to tell other countries what to do. And that uh, if we did this, we would move rapidly on the road to peace and prosperity. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.